Thank you so very, very much. All right, we're going to get right into God's word. All right, uh, you can be seated. I'm sorry, you can be seated. All right, now, we're going to get right into the word. Amen? All right. Uh, this morning, we gave you our subject. Let's go to that, go to that first, first Corinthians chapter number 13. And we're going to look at one verse, and that's verse number 13. First Corinthians chapter number 13 and verse number 13. I'm only doing one verse at the time. Uh, we are doing this because uh, I want to do it out of the NLT, okay? And now by the faith, hope, no, that's the good news. Now about I'm in second I'm in I'm in volume four part three, right? I thought I had an odd number today. Volume four part three. Right, that's what I said. Okay. Volume four part three. I'm on an odd number. All right. Now First Corinthians said, and now by the faith, hope, charity. These three, but the greatest of these is charity. I want to read it again out of the good news. Remember this morning? Good news. We want to Go to that same verse, because that's where I'm going to get my subject. First Corinthians chapter 3, 13 and verse 13. First Corinthians 13 and verse 13. The last, and you see that? Okay, it says, meanwhile, these three remain, faith, hope, and love. I did it out of NLT anyway, didn't I? Go back to NLT. Thank you. First Corinthians 13, 13 out of the NLT. Just one verse. These three will last forever. Say that with me. These things will last forever. So now we know what they are now, don't we? It's faith, hope, and love. So these things will last forever. So I can say now, these three things, right? These three things will last forever. Say that with me. These three things will last forever. All right. Another way to put that is these three things are eternal. Ain't that right? Everything you have, your salvation is eternal. Your redemption is eternal. Your life is eternal. So you have to understand, that's why you don't let nobody get you on water baptism, which is natural. Or natural pool, natural water. Now somebody else says something. I have 2.6 million people over here I talk to, okay? But that's what I'm trying to get you to see. If you are going to water baptism, natural, he told you what to do. Let's, let's go to, now that's going to be my subject. My subject is these things shall be forever. All right, how many things? These three things will last forever. All right, now they're going to last forever. It means they are what? They are eternal, if anything, going to last forever. So that means you don't supposed to be dealing with natural things no more. You are in the covenant of grace. Now, if I can get that over to this body, you know, I, I hope I can get it to $2.6 million, but if I can just 2.6 billion people, but I, hope, but I hope I can get it over to you. Because if I don't get it over to you, you're going to be deceived. People are looking for a natural Jesus to come back. One you can see. 
See, if you just think about what I'm saying, they are looking for a Jesus they can see. Your salvation is eternal. He gave you faith. All right, now let's show why he gave you faith. Now, we're going to go to the uh, NLT now in Hebrew. I'm sorry. First Corinthians 13, 13. First, we, that's what we want to get out of the way. NLT, First Corinthians 13, 13. Just one verse. And then we're going to go through a, a quick catch up here. And we got to go to work. I ran out of time this morning. All right. The three things will last forever. Now, I want to make sure everybody got that. How many things? Three, three things. They're going to last forever, right? Now, if these things are going to last forever, that means they are what now? They are eternal. All right. Now, let's go and look at that in, in our King James Version, 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 18. Just one verse. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 18. Then we're going to go to Colossians chapter 3. Second Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 18. One verse. It's on the screen. If you're not that quick to get your Bible, go to the screen. It says, Second Corinthians 4 and verse number 18 says, While we look, he already gave you what you're going through. The suffering he was going through. He says, but uh, it's going to give you eternal way to glory. While we look not at things which are seen. Well, if you still water baptizing, what are you looking at? Things that are seen. See, if you're still going by all this stuff you can see, people wait for Jesus Christ to come. Which one? The one they can see. See, that's not your salvation. He said, why we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. The things which are seen are temporary. That's not where your salvation is. But the things which are not seen are eternal. See, that's why God gave you three things. What was it? If you're going to live, you're going to get this. If not, carbs coming. Moon coming. I'm just trying to I'm telling you the plain and simple truth. People who do not get the word, that's what happens. The just shall live. This is not a game here. The just shall live by faith. So if you if you hold it on to eternal or natural thing, if you need natural thing to live a Christian life, shame on you. Okay. Now let's go to work. I gave you. Let's go to Colossians. That's where I'll see I'm going. Colossians chapter three. Colossians chapter three, verse one. See, these things you should have marked in your Bible. You in this ministry, you know I'm going, to, I'm going to go over a lot of things. And there are sometimes there are things I'm going to go over again. That's why I told you don't be ashamed to write in your Bible. So if I go there, you're going to like, I know exactly where you're going to start, exactly where you're going to finish. I've been in this ministry how many years? You know, Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. Watch what the Bible told you to do. If you then be risen with Christ. Now, if you're in Christ, you're risen with Christ, right? That means you're a born-again believer. Let me go to this camera right here. Colossians chapter 3. If you're in Christ, you have been risen with Christ. So if you've been risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. Where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Now why would he tell you as a believer to seek the things which are above? We're going to go show you that in Ephesians after this. Set your affections. Now what are your affections? 
Set your affections. Right? Your thoughts, right? Set your affection, your feelings, right? On things above. Why? Not on things of the earth. For you are dead. And your life is hid with Christ in God. That's where you're like. We're going to read the same thing out of NLT. When Christ who is our life. Now watch this. When Christ who is our life shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. Now, when people hear that, they say, see, I told you he's coming. Let me ask you, where's Christ now? Where are you? Where's Christ? L listen, I, I think all y'all are saying the same thing, but where's Christ? Right. In you. That's what you speak for you. Where is Christ? In me. Where is me? Right. Me in Christ. So when Christ appeared, where do you appear? With him. That's what he's trying to tell you. You with him. You're not going to be with him. You with him now, aren't you? So once your body dies, your body, your soul go to be what? It's with him. Listen, listen what you say. You, you just say you're with him. Hold on to with him. Where, where's Christ? Where are you? In Christ. So when your body dies, you go to be where? With him. You with him. Always with him. You don't go with the body. But that's what people tell you at a funeral. Just put him in the ground. And three days and three nights, when the Lord comes back, he will come and get... And then they'll turn right around and read 2 Corinthians 5 to be absent from the body, to be present with the Lord. Because they don't know. You know better. All right. Now, Colossians chapter 3 told you. Now, I want to read that same thing out of the NLT. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1, 2, 3, 4, even 4. Now, watch, watch what that says. Because most people that read something, they won't know what it says. See, King James. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, it's, you're not going to be able to understand a lot of things in King James. Okay. Now, in Colossians chapter 3, I'm going to my NLT Bible. That's why we sell these in the storehouse. Cheap, cheap. Just what I get for stuff. So when I say I sell, we don't make a profit here. So whatever I get stuff for, that's what I leave it in there for. My job is to get, make sure you got the Bible. Want a good news in the storehouse. NLT in the storehouse. Pencil, paper, ink pens, note tablets. Here we go. Since you have been raised to a new life with Christ. Well, have you been raised to a new life with Christ? I said with Christ. So you got to hear what it said. Re read what it says. Have you been raised to a new life with Christ? Well, where's Christ? If he ain't you, you've been raised to a new life with him. So that's what you got to know he's here. Set your sight on the realities of heaven where Christ sits. Now, this is very important because when I go to Ephesians 2, it says we sit together. So somebody can find that, so we'll go there later. The Bible told you where you are. Now, if Christ is already in heaven and you are seated together with him and you're still looking for him to come, now something got to be wrong with that picture. 
Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sight on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven. Think about it. Not the things of the earth. For you died to this life. He's talking about the things of the earth. So you died to water baptism. You died to pass over on the table. You died to circumcision. All these natural, you already died to that. Now you don't sit up. Let me go look at the camera. I am? <laughs> Just like I'm dead to that? Okay. Watch what he says. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sight on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven. Not the things of earth. Now the things he's talking about is faith, hope, in love. All right. Those kind of some other things too, but those, but also he said, think about the things in heaven, not the things on earth for you died to this life. Say it with me. Yeah. Don't say I did. You did. Come on. Say I died to this life. What well, if I died to this life? I had to die to the Passover on the table. I, that's a natural thing. I died to circumcision. I died to foot washing. I died to water baptism. See, all that stuff is natural. I died to that. So he told me to seek the things above. And they do not have a baptism pool above. Watch what it says. You died to this life. And your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, wait a minute, who is your life? Christ is your life. When Christ, who is your life, and your real life is here with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. See, that was, from the people who were there at that time, they understood that. Christ now is in you. So, let's go on. Now this morning, I gave you James chapter 2, verse 5. I want that in the NLT. Yeah, you, you, anybody got that from me? Okay, now that sounds better. I didn't hear the 2. Okay, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 5 and 6, King James. As a matter of fact, we'll do James also in King James. So look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 5 and 6. See, why do you need to set your affection on things above? On Christ, who is seated at the right hand of the Father. Why you need to get your mind off earthly things? See, Ephesians chapter number 2. We're waiting for you to get there. Uh, Ephesians chapter number 2. Now we're going to look at verse 5 and verse 6. Even when we were dead in sins, has quickened. He has quickened us together with Christ. What does it mean by quickened? He has made us alive, raised us from the dead, right? Made us alive together with Christ, but by grace you say, and has raised us up together. Now, if I'm raised up together with him, I'm seated up here already with him, and I'm still sitting here saying, I'm waiting for him to come. See, you you saying that because they saying that. You're not going by the Bible. 
They not either. They going by what they've been taught, which was wrong. Watch this. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 6. And has raised us up together, made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ. You already raised up from the dead. You already sitting together in heavenly places with Christ. See, if you go by what the Bible is saying, you got to be wrong. Now, let's go to James chapter 2. We're going to stay with the uh, King James. And from here, I'm going to go to 2 Corinthians 16. See, I know what I'm supposed to do with you. When you come in here, I know what, I know what my responsibility is to do. And I know you are not going to live by faith if you don't come in here and get it. And if you're not able to come in here, get it. And I believe once you get it, you're going to come in here. James chapter number two. Anybody remember the verse I want? Verse number five. Mark your Bible. It's not hard. You can get to buy another Bible. If you think you're going to keep that Bible all your life, forget it. James chapter two, verse five. Here it is. How can my beloved brethren, has not God chose the poor of this world? Rich in faith. Somebody said rich in faith. Rich in faith. So what is my responsibility? To make you rich in faith. That's God's will for your life is to make you rich. But he's talking about spiritually rich in faith. You, you, if you want to be rich in the physical, you got to be rich in the spiritual first. Now that's what, that's what they said in James and John and stuff like that. You know, beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prosper. That's why if your soul is broke, most likely you broke. Because God cannot take you any further than you believe. Hearken, my beloved brother, has not God chose the poor of this world? Somebody said the poor. the poor. He chose the poor. Why did he chose the poor of this world? To make them rich. God can't, listen, when God wants to save a man in the Bible that was rich, his problem was he trusted his riches. Well, he don't have to worry about that with the poor. You'll catch up. See, you got a little money saved, that's why you can't say nothing. But when you don't have no money saved, I guarantee you, you're going to trust him. My point is, it's okay to have money saved in, saved up, but don't trust that. You got to trust him who, who gave it to you. All right, here we go. Watch what it says. God has chosen the poor of the world. That's awesome. Because if I go to another translation, he's going to tell you why he chose the poor. To, to make them rich and also make them heirs of the kingdom, which he had promised to them that love it. But see, what happens is the poor won't come get the word. And they keep telling God, I ain't got nothing. And God keeps saying, I know. <laughs> because you can't get it unless you have the faith. I gave you the faith, but your faith is too weak to get what God has for your life. And Pastor Crump is over there crying for somebody to come over there so he can strengthen their faith. Go to Hebrew chapter number 6 verse 10. Not Hebrew, 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians. I'm headed to my message. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Um, chapter 6 verse, verse 10. 
Watch what Paul said. Paul says, as sorrowful, yet always rejoicing, as poor, yet making many rich. What my responsibility is to make many rich. That's why I needed the Facebook. I need to make many people rich. I'm talking about rich in faith. And I'm going to tell you why. Because I talked like about a month ago, faith does something. What does it do? Romans 5, 2 told you faith access, but I gave it to you plainly. Faith, see, that's what I'm saying. You still don't, don't get it. Faith receives what God has provided. See, somewhere in your Bible, you should have that stamp. Stamp it on your wrist, your arm, your head or something. Right on your pillow. Get you, that's a good thing. Get your pillow made up. So you can lay on it. Faith, receive what grace has provided. <sighs> you got to get this, man. This is not no game. To just live by faith. Just think, you think about what I'm saying. This is how we're going to live. This is how we're supposed to live. Without God gave us faith to live. All right. So you goofing off. This is not a class. You can goof off and take it over. <laughs> Can't take this one over. You flunk life, you out of here. All right. Now let's go on. Let's show you another one. Second Corinthians chapter 8. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Second Corinthians chapter 8. I want to look at verse 8 and 9. Let's look at 9, just one verse. Time's sake. I got to get to my message. Second Corinthians chapter number 8. And verse 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. For though he was rich. Mm -hmm. Yet for your sake he became poor. That you through his poverty. Might be rich. So otherwise he wanted you to have everything he has. And he took everything you have. He became poor. Now, isn't that something? He became poor and you never become rich. You never got what God left you. He got what you had and that was poverty. Your job is to make sure you get what he has. And, not apolo and, and, uh, and don't be apologetic. Apologizing. Don't be apologizing because God bless you. All right, so we're talking about three things. Today we're talking about faith. Now, faith, my job is to make sure you rich in faith. Go to Ephesians 2, 4. That's all Paul talked about in Christ. Christ is God's riches. Don't you know that? When I preach Christ, my responsibility, uh, I'm here to make you rich in faith. And all you got to do is sit there and believe. Otherwise, take your spiritual straw and just suck it up. Mm -hmm. Come on, Reverend. When a man became poor so I could come rich in his faith, I got to ask myself, am I believing the whole Bible or am I just believing part of it? All right, here we go. I told you about faith, Ephesians 2, 4. You are there. Let me go to the screen. You're in Ephesians 2, 4 yet. Okay. Ephesians chapter number 2. 
verse number four. Watch what it says. But God, who is rich. Now, he'll tell you how he's rich. I already told you faith, hope, love. Those three already been given you. I'm, give, I'm showing these are God's riches. So when he gave you faith, he made you rich. When he gave you hope, he made you rich. When he gave you love, he made you rich. But what happened, you have to do is invest it. You can't just use it on yourself. Don't you realize why the cross has two directions? Up and down. If you take the cross and look up, that's faith. He that coming to God got to believe that God is. That's this morning's service. What is faster? Ephesians 3.20. He's able to do exceeding abundant above all we ask to think or according to the power, the faith and the love that works in us. So faith goes up to God. Love goes down because Christ died for our sins. So his love is down. His faith goes up. But our love goes out to others. So we have to understand that if you will use the faith God gave you, the mercy, one of these here that he just gave you, God rich in mercy, well, he, he, he gave you mercy. So your job is to have mercy on people. Like I said before, the problem with people is they have things lacking in their faith. Now, I gave you Romans. Uh, I gave you Romans this morning. Let's, let's do this one more time. But God, who's rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us. See, all, he, all he's talking about, that's, that's how he's rich. He's rich in mercy. He's rich in love. He's rich in faith. This is what he blessed us with. So we can love. You can't say you don't love. You got love. The key is, you just don't want to share it. You're selfish. You, you listen to people. They're selfish. When things don't go that way, <laughs> just take their marbles and they go right on back to their own house. Or get their baseball and bat and go home. When things don't go that way. All right. Luke, Luke 16, 11. I'm headed to my message. The gospel of Luke 16, 11. Luke 16, 11 told you about riches, but he told you how to get them. Luke chapter 16, verse 11. When you get this, say amen. Just one verse. If therefore you have been all oh, faithful, if you've been faithful in that unrighteous mammon, oh, that's what it said, didn't it? If you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to you the true riches? Who will commit to your Oh, that's what it says. Who's going to trust you with the true riches? See, why do you think God gave you his faith? He has a parable concerning his faith. You know what the man did? He went and buried it. He said, oh, I know you was an ass to a man. He, used whatever. he said, well, what do you do with it? Show me how much you have accomplished in your life with the faith I gave you. This is an awesome thing. Hey, life not waiting on you. 
That's all I can tell you. Life not waiting on you. All right. All right. Now, let's do Ephesians 1, 7. There's one more. Then I'm going to have to move on. You can, you can look at these later on. All through the Bible, talk about God's riches. Ephesians 1 and verse 7, In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin, according to the riches of his grace. Well, he gave us his grace. He gave us his riches. That's who Christ is. Come on, say, God, riches is Christ. Right, so when God gave you Christ, he gave you, he made you rich. All right, now, I told you what about faith. So I got to get back because that's what I'm dealing with today. Now, let's go to two places I'm supposed to take you to today. And I'm going to go through Matthew, Matthew 24, 34 through 39. I'm reading that out of the good news. Matthew 24, 34 through 39. You got to really pay attention in, in, with this now. Matthew chapter 24, verse 34. And the reason why so many people don't get it, they don't know the Bible. And they can't find anybody who teaches them because they respect the person. They're looking for who they want to tell them and they don't have it. Like I told you before, I used to do radio in Fenton, Michigan for about eight years. And every day. Matter of fact, it was a four hour on the radio every day, WWON 11 60 a.m. And I was teaching the word and praying for people to answer questions for four hours. And then we broke it up because I couldn't do a four hour debate. I was weighing me out. I'm passing too. So, but anyway, there's a guy who listened to us every day. Now, we were staying on, we were at the church over there on, uh, some of y'all might have seen this, but I'm, I'm gonna tell you. But this person who used to listen to us, uh, he was a truck driver. So he had me on every day. He said, man, you be in that word. He came to the church. But here was the point. When he walked up in the church, he talked about that person was on, you know, he, I told him this in my church. So he came, came to the church and uh, he was expecting somebody else. Because first of all, this is what he says. He did not think that I was the person on the radio. I reckon I sounded too mature to be the per I don't know which, which way that was. But anyway, he, he pulled his big truck up. You know, he didn't have a trailer, the big truck on the front lawn, and he would come to our services. But he didn't think I would be the person who would be doing the ministry. That hurted me. And I'm not talking about hurting me because it hurted me that kind of way. I'm talking about you don't get your knees met because you don't think that person there was the one you should have heard on the radio. Forget how he looked. I'm following that voice. I'm following out what he's saying. Do y'all understand how that works? Don't, don't let stuff, man, you're going you gonna to not come now? Because I'm not who you saw on the radio. I know what I'm saying. <laughs> All right, here we go. Matthew 24, 34. Here we go. We are the good news. You know what I said? We're going to read the good news. Matthew 24, 34. 34, we're going to read it out the good news. Okay. 
It said, remember that all these things, this, remember that they asked Jesus, when going to be the end of the world? When he coming again? That's at the beginning of Matthew 24, remember? Here he says, remember that all these things would happen before the people now living have all died. You're not a scientist. Don't have to be. But you know, if everybody dead, they can't be 2,000 years ago. Folks just don't live down here 2,000 years. Jesus said he's coming back before all the people with now living are dead. This I said in the King James Version, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. But he didn't just give them that. He's going to give them another one. In verse number 35, he said, heaven and earth going to pass away. You know what people don't understand? They don't know what heaven is, don't know what earth. All they know is heaven up there and I'm standing on earth. And that's not what the Bible talking about. Heaven is Jerusalem. Let me just show it to you. Let me just show it to you. Go to Isaiah 65, verse 17. Do it out of King James. It's okay. I don't have my notes. I'm just... If I missed it, give me the verse. That's how you do it. I, I said Isaiah 65, 17. It was Isaiah 66. You know what I mean? Just fix me up. Hook me up. Hook up my God. <laughs> I'm just waiting. You, you, anybody find it yet? Okay. Yeah, I'm just waiting on the screen. I don't like to talk and the screen doesn't say it. So I have to wait on the screen. I just have to, I want the people to see. I want the people who are watching us, 2.6 billion people to watch us. Isaiah chapter 65, verse 17. Okay. The Lord says, I am making a new new earth. I didn't say I wanted in that language you was waiting to do all that. I told you that King James was okay, but I'd go and take that. The Lord says, I'm making a new earth and a new heaven. New earth and new heaven. The events of the I can't see the will be will be completely forgotten. Or the old will be completely forgotten. That's all he's saying. But he's making a new heaven, new earth, right? Okay, if God made a new heaven, new earth. He just told you the old heaven, new earth, old heaven, old earth would pass away. Let me go back and read it. I'm reading out the good news. Okay. Verse 36, verse 35. He says, heaven and earth will pass away. Remember, I'm reading Matthew 24, 35. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. All right, now let's go on. Let's go on. Because the next, next thing he's going to say is this. In verse 36. No one knows, however, when that day and hour will come. Neither the angels in heaven nor the Son. The Father alone knows. The coming of the Son of Man will be like what happens in the time of Noah. Listen to what he's saying. The coming of the Son of Man will be like what happened in the time of Noah. In the days before the flood, people would eat, drinking, men were women were married, up to the very day. Noah went into the boat or into the ark. Yet they did not realize what was happening until the day the flood came. 
and swept them all away. That is how it would be when the Son of Man come. Now, if we are smart in this house. Let's go to Genesis chapter number 6. See, if you just go by what the Bible says. He said that when he come, it's going to be like in the days of Noah. Well, if I read what happened in the days of Noah, I got to know it was the same way. But the key is, we got to know heaven and earth. See, that's our problem. So before I give you Genesis 6, let me give you earth. All right. So let's just run these references right quick. Now, I need the person on the screen to just go to King James and stay there. I won't mess with you no more. And let's go to Genesis 1 and 1. All you're going to do is flash it on the screen and come down to the next. Flash it on the screen, come down to the next. Genesis 1 and 1. We're just going to read the first two verses. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. We're looking at the word earth. Because if you don't know the location, then you are looking for him in the wrong place. I don't think people realize it. Now, if you go, my Hawaiian crew over there, what time do you think it is right now in Hawaii? If you look at your watch, is four hour different? Six hour different. Okay, because you told me, you said nine o'clock service, you always watch our nine o'clock service in the morning time, but it was three o'clock in the morning. Remember that? Okay. Now, if the Lord is coming at nine o'clock in Pontiac, He coming at three o'clock in Hawaii, right? See, you, this is why you can't you can't go about what he's doing today. And you could be somewhere another day. You a military man? You don't talk about. You could be another day in some of these places, right? You another side of the world. It's not. It's not Thursday. It's Friday. I mean, it's not Sunday. It's Monday. So what are we gonna do with that? See, that's why he's not talking about that. If you just think, you know he's not talking about that. If you would think. Genesis 1 and 1 and 2. Just two verses. Okay, on the screen. Here we go. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. That's creation. And the earth was without form and void. Darkness was upon the face of the deep. Okay, we're not going to just stop right there. We're going we're gonna to keep showing you. And all you got to do is just follow me. Go to verse 9. All you do is just follow me. See, you got, you got to know what the earth is. See, if you don't know what the earth is, how can you be talking to me about the Bible? You don't even know what heaven and earth is. Get out of here. Verse number nine. And God said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together unto one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. And God called the dry land earth. So what did he create it? He created the earth here. He gathered, and the gathering together of the waters called he sees, and God saw it was very, very good. Verse number 11, and God said, let the earth, all right, so all of this next three verses, let the earth bring forth, and it was so, let the earth bring forth, and even in the morning was the third day. Now that was the earth. But if I skip down there in verse number 24, you just follow the scripture, let the earth, and God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures. See, after he, after he created the earth, then he says in verse 26, and let us make man. What did he make man at? In the earth. But where was man when God made him? The earth. You want to write down three words. 
The earth is the world. The earth is the promised land or the land of Canaan. So where was God when he created Adam? In the land of Canaan. Where was God when he created Christ? In the land of Canaan. Hadn't changed. Both in Jerusalem. That's why both were the king of Jerusalem. Jerusalem was the capital. See, the key is when you don't know what you're talking about, you need to find somebody who do. All right? So that's what you got to stand by the earth. Now, so important about the earth is because the Bible told you about the flood. And what did the flood happen? See, when we think about the flood, we go around here looking at people who got a rock and tell you it's a million years old. Now, you want to believe them same people that the flood that happened in the Bible was here. And then God is going to send Jesus and he's going to come to destroy the earth. And you think it's where you at. It was no Pontiac, Michigan man in, in, in uh, 2,000 years ago. All right, here we go. Let's go look at it. Now, I'm not going to be able to run through all of these. I'm going to give you as many as I can. Okay, let's go to Genesis chapter number 6, verse 5. Genesis 5. Because we got to get the earth straightened out here first because we don't know where it is. You don't know what God created. You don't know what God destroyed. And you don't know what Jesus meant when he said Matthew 24, when the earth will be destroyed. Genesis chapter number 6 and verse 5. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. Well, what was God? God would look in one place in the Bible, in the Old Covenant. His eyes is set one place, and that's the promised land. You need to know your Bible. God looks on the promised land. That's the earth. All right? And the wickedness of man was great in the earth. Every imagination of his heart was continuing. How do I know that? Because he put Noah in the earth. He gave Noah the earth. He gave Adam the earth. He created Adam in the earth. Adam was created and died in the earth. Jesus was created and died in the earth. And it wasn't Pontiac. It was the promised land. When they left Egypt, they went to the earth. To the promised land. Because that's what God promised them. That was their land. All right. The heart was evil continually. And he repented the Lord, he says, in verse 7. That he had made man, watch this, on earth. It grieved him in his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I created from the face of the earth. Both man and beast and creeping things, fowls of the air, repented him that I made it. But Noah, that means Noah lived in the earth. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. So Noah had to build an ark where? In the earth. And what was he supposed to do? Because Jesus just told you, as in the days of Noah before the flood. So why did Jesus Christ come to them before destruction? Right before they would be destroyed, Jesus Christ shows up. 
and said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He looked at the Pharisees inside the city and he said to them, how can you being evil escape the damnation of hell? Why? Because he was the last prophet who will go to them and see what they change. He is the fulfillment of Jonah. See, all the Old Testament prophets, what did Jonah do? Jonah went to Nineveh, told Nineveh, repent. And guess what Nineveh did? They repented. And Noah sat on a tree and cried, not Noah, Jonah. Why you don't kill him? He said, because they repented. See, you got to understand, but these people would not repent. They would not repent. Jesus said, I have sang to you. I have blown the heart. I've done everything. You folks will, will not change. How can you miss the damnation of hell? Jesus came to them to warn them, the last person to warn them, so they would be safe, and they would not. So that's why all the things he was talking about was to cast them into hell. That's what he was talking about. Because the, as the day he will come, there will be fire. The earth will be destroyed with fire. Noah was destroyed with the flood. That flood means tribulation, persecution, trials. Paul killed a lot of them. You know that's what that was. That's why Jesus talked about in Matthew chapter 7. We'll have a time maybe to show you that. Here in uh, Genesis chapter number uh, 6 and verse 11. The earth was corrupt before God. The earth was filled with violence. God looked upon the earth. And all flesh has corrupted its, its way upon the earth. Remember, everything the earth, the earth, the earth. This is the promised land. And God said, the Noah, the earth, the, all, the end of all flesh. Where is he? He's on the earth. The end of all flesh is come before me. The earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. So chapter 7, you will see that. And verse number 4, we're going to move along. God called Noah not, so you can read that for yourself. The first six verses, I'm not going to be able to read. God told Noah, come thou and I, all thy family into the ark. Because now the ark was, was done. Verse 3 says, to keep seed upon the, upon the earth, upon the face of all the earth. Seven days I will call the rain upon the earth. Forty days and forty nights. Every living substance that I have made, I will destroy from the face of the earth. And the flood was upon the earth. 40 days and 40 nights. And verse number 16. And they that went in, went in male and female, all flesh. And God had commanded them, and the Lord shut him in, the ark. And the flood was 40 days upon the earth. And the water increased and bare up the ark. And it was lifted up above the earth. Now that's the rapture, what people's telling you. The ark was lifted up above the earth. See, if you, if, you, if, you could, if you could know spiritually, they were in the ark. The ark was lifted up above the earth. The earth was the promised land. And watch what happened. After that, they're going to come back. Why did God lift them up? So he can destroy everybody on the earth. Now, in, in the new covenant, God took them out. That's why you have 144,000. 
All right, here we go. In verse number 14, and the flood was for today. We're in Genesis 7, 14. And the, and the flood was for the days upon the earth. And the waters increased and bare up the ark. Can you see it bare up the ark? It took the ark up. And it lifted the ark up above the earth. Well, was it then if it was above the earth? If you go back to Genesis, you'll find out it was in the heavens. When he created the firmament. If you study the word firmament, it was a firmament above the earth and the firmament beneath the earth. Just read your Bible. It's right there. And the water prevailed and was increased greatly up on the earth. And the ark went up on the face of the earth. Ah, waters. It went up. So the waters, if you read Genesis, he's talking about the firmament. And the waters prevailed exceedingly upon the earth. And all the high hills that was under the whole heaven were covered. So if you go back to creation of the heaven, you'll find out that once he got over the earth, he was in the heaven. So what did God do? Type and shadow. He took them to heaven. But they got to come back. So when the water base, they're going to come back and land up on the mountain. And the water going to go back to the earth, and then they're going to come back down to the earth. See, all that was type and shadow. That's why Jesus told as the days of Noah before the flood. So if you're going to understand what happened with Noah, Let's keep going. In verse 21, all flesh died that moved upon the earth. Both fowl and cattle and beasts and every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth, every man died. In whose nostril was the breath of life. And all that was in the dry land died. The dry land was the promised land. And every living substance was destroyed. Which was upon the face of the ground, both man, cattle, creeping thing, defiled of the heaven. They were all destroyed from the earth. And Noah only remained alive upon the earth. And they all were with him in the ark. So what are they going to do? They're going to come back down to the earth. So God lifted him up above the earth, destroyed them with the flood, and then he's going to bring them back. And the waters prevailed upon the earth 150 days. Now let me give you something to show you. So you can understand some things. There's, there's, some, there's some things you got to understand. Now. Let, let's go to. Uh, Mark 7, 24 through 27 quickly. Also, I want to finish that Isaiah. I didn't do it this morning, but Isaiah 24, 1 through 6. I gave you this morning, you wasn't here, I gave you Psalm 24 and verse 1. The Bible said, the earth is the Lord, and the food of the earth, the world, and they that dwell therein. All those words, words mean the earth. The earth. That's why the Bible said, for God so loved the world. He's talking about Israel and the promised land and the people in it. That he gave his only begotten son. See, he didn't give his only begotten son for you. We got in because Israel rejected salvation. But he came and died for the world because that's how it was in the old covenant. The sacrifice was for the people who had sinned under the law. That could not have been you. And if they didn't, the last thing in the book of the old covenant, Malachi, if they did not repent, he would come and smite the earth with a curse. Can you give me the last verse in the chapter of Malachi chapter 3? The last verse. That's the chapter he said he would send the prophet 
who would be John the Baptist, which he didn't say John the Baptist, but that's who he's talking about, before that great and day of the Lord come. That's Malachi. See, if you read your Bible, you know what I'm saying. Mal uh, yeah, start verse 5. Mark your Bible, 5 and 6. Because he, he sent John the Baptist. See, if you read your Bible, you'll know what I'm saying. Behold, I will send Elijah the prophet before the coming and the great day of the Lord come. Before I destroy the earth, I'm going to send you Elijah the prophet. What did John the Baptist come preaching? Repent. For Israel, for that God will destroy him. Did they do it? No. After that, Jesus come and said, repent. Out of mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. And they would not repent. Now you got people in church that now telling you that the body of Christ. You got to repent. <laughs> Hallelujah. The Lord is coming. If he's coming, he ought to be here by now. See, people don't know what they're talking about. Deceived. All right, here we go. I got any verses up there? What I'm looking for? Malachi 3. I'm chap uh, chapter 4, right? All right. Behold, I was sitting Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. Now, you need to put in your Bible, John the Baptist. That's all you got to do. Go study it out. Because Jesus, they asked Jesus, saying, about, I thought you were going to send Elijah. He said, Elijah had come already. And you have done to him whatsoever you listed. And the Bible said he was talking about John the Baptist. Now, if you read your Bible, you'll find it. How do I, anybody ever read the Bible? You got to thank it. Praise it. Two or, two or three. Well, that's two or three. Okay. Let's go to verse six. Now, these same people who didn't raise their hand don't, don't, don't know what I'm talking about. Maybe you need to read your Bible anymore, right? Hallelujah. Verse number six. Matter of fact, we got a, in the storehouse, we got CDs of the Bible. Whole thing. Genesis Revelation. Christmas is coming. Buy one for you. Uh, I'm going to get this one. I'm going to get this for her. I'm going to get you to get you one. All right. And the fact that you got a phone, you're already paying for it. All you do is says King James Version, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. They'll give you the whole Bible. Talk all day and night. When you got on your TV, all day and all night. You can ask your TV right now. Uh, give me Malachi chapter number 4, verse 6 in the NLT. Okay, I'm working on it now. That's what mine said me. Okay, I'm working on it now. Malachi 4, 6. And he shall turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, and the hearts of the children to the father, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. Well, wonder what he's going to come and smite, Pontiac? As the days of John the Baptist. John the Baptist days ain't now. Why would Jesus come now? He just told you he coming. He preached to them so they repent. So he didn't have to come and destroy them. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 24. Matthew 11, 14. I don't have time to go there. Give it to the class. Oh, is that Matthew 11, 13, 14? Okay, just give it to him anyway. Put it on the screen. Matthew chapter. I'm nice today. Matthew chapter number 11, 13, and 14. On the street. There we go. For all the prophets of the Lord prophesied to John. Keep going. Keep going. 
and you will not receive it. This is Elias, which was for to come. This was the fulfillment of Malachi. So you don't want, don't worry about Elias. That's who they call him in the New Covenant. He's talking about Elijah. Keep going. He that has ill to heal, let him hear. All right. Now, if you follow that, your nice Bible, you'll find that he came already. That's what I was saying. The Bible said he came already. Now you can find that. He came already. And you have done to him whatsoever you listening. That's the one you should have done. Okay, let's go to Isaiah 24. See, the Bible's all here. It's already finished, already written. You just got to find somebody who know it. Stop going to these knuckleheads trying to get an answer in the Bible. Be nice, Reverend. Be nice, Reverend. I just hate to see people going somewhere and asking somebody who don't know. Swat, swat, swat. Three times. Swat three. Let's go to Isaiah 24 and 1. King James. Because I don't have no other Bible in my hand now. Isaiah 24 and 1. Behold, the Lord maketh the earth empty. You think he's making Pontiac empty? See, this was, this was prophesied by Isaiah on what's going to happen. He maketh the earth empty, he maketh it waste. He turned it upside down. He scattered abroad all the inhabitants thereof. Now you know who scattered them. You can read in Acts chapter 8, Paul scattered them. You just read the Bible. And it shall be as with people, so also with priests. Let's go to verse number 3. The land shall be utterly emptied. Now we know what happened in the days of Jeremiah. What did he do with the land of Israel? He sent them all over here into Babylon. Now you can go to your phone, Babylon that, Google that, it'll show it to you. That's where Daniel came in. Came in. That's where you got the book of Daniel. They were in captivity. That's why you got the book of Ezekiel, they was in captivity. The other books after that was after they came out of captivity. See, so you got your whole Bible land, you just got to know, know what it is, know how to read it. You don't have no time to goof off, man. You already near older than I am. You don't have no more time to goof off. Talking about, I'm going to get this. When you going to get it, man? I'm 72. When you going to get it? Here I am telling you I'm 72 years old. I'm going to get that. When I'm going to get it, Reverend? You seven, you 70 years old, you about to get it now. That's why you have the Bible told you how it's going to be when you get old. You get old, you all trembling and stuff and your teeth knocking. The Bible told you that. And now you're mad because nobody wait on you. You can't read the Bible. Your eye can't see. You're dim. The Bible told you all them days were coming. You about to get the word now while you can see. You get old, you get old, you can't see. At least you can pray. <laughs> Glory to God. I can sing, I can pray to the Lord, talk to him. I can't see nothing. Huh? Y'all want me to close out with that? Go there. Remember thy creator in the days of thy youth. When the evil days come, nor the yield draw nigh. When thou shalt say, I have no pleasure. That's what, that's what. You already know that part, and I don't. I'll just give you that one. You're married. You don't have no more place. You're going to give me another translation because they're not going to be able to understand that. <laughs> give me anything. Give me another translation. Don't cut it off yet, bro. 
That's my time, right? My time is up. Glory to God. Come on, here we go. Remember now thy crazy and days thy youth when the evil days come. That same thing. Okay. Remember your creator when you are still young before this, those, this, this my days years come when you say, I don't enjoy life. I'm going to read a little more of that. You're running for me. This is when the light of the sun, the moon, the stars will grow dim for you and the rain cloud will never pass away. Then your arms that have protected you will tremble and your legs, now strong, will grow weak. Your teeth will be too few to eat, to chew your the Bible telling you. Your teeth will be too few to chew your food. And your eyes too dim to see clearly. So you about to get the word now? He said your ears will be deaf to the north of the street. You will barely be able to hear the mills grind the mill as it grind the muscles. The music, you, the, the music as it plays. You can't hear it. What? Turn it up a little bit with you. But even the songs of a bird will wake you from your sleep. You will be afraid of high places. Walking will be dangerous to you. Your hair will be turned white. You'll be hardly be able to drag yourself alone. And all the desire will be gone. We'll go into our final resting place and then we'll be our morning in the streets. The silver chain will snap. Also, you're only talking about your life. The golden lamp would fall and break. The rope at the rope at the well will break, and the water jar will be shattered. Our body will return to the dust of the earth. The breath of life will go back to God, who gave it. My time is up. I think I did a pretty decent job on that. You have time to receive the Lord Jesus Christ. My my point is. We are not getting younger, we're getting older. You need the word today. If you'll get the word today and then you can't see, and when you get to a place you can't hardly hear, and all these things comes against our bodies, we'll have God's faith, God's hope, and God's love. Get what you need from God today. When the evil days come, you can walk by faith and not by sight. You can pray, you can believe God for it. You can still have hope. I'm going to take you to Abraham, our next service. And I'm going to show you why Abraham was able to get what God had for him. Although he was 99 years old, he believed God, trusted God. He had what it took in those days. And that's faith. When you get old, you better have faith. Abraham's faith took him through. He was able to have a child when he was 99 years old because of his faith in God. Abraham wasn't done. After he had this child, Abraham remarried, had another wife, and had more children. Now listen to what I say. But you can receive Christ now. Believe on his death, believe his burial, believe his resurrection, what he's done for you. So you can receive God's love in your heart. You can receive his faith in your heart. 
Man, my time is already gone. I thank you for yours. And the door of faith is open unto you. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.